Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. And before we go any further, Patrick, I just want to give the happy news that um, the gentleman that I was concerned about at the end of last week's show, who had sort of gone dark, literally and figuratively, you know, and left social media, mm -hmm. uh, reemerged literally after I sent you my file of the show, uh, he returned. And I, yeah, I was super overjoyed. <sighs> Seems to be in a good headspace again. You know, we, we, we traded a bunch of messages and uh, yeah. So that was really a huge relief and great news. And, you know, these are these are just they are hard times. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I told him, like, we can just keep passing the lifeboat back and forth, you know, as we weather this storm. Like, it's 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 important. Yeah, that is that is really terrific. I'm very glad to hear it. Um, I, yeah, having inhabited those spaces, I was concerned. Yeah, I was super concerned, um, mm -hmm. you know, having had witness some you know losses of people already in this i was very concerned so i'm i'm i was so, so happy uh, yeah and and yeah i mean genuinely seems to have righted the ship you know for for now i mean <laughs> this is a bumpy road but uh, it's mm -hmm. good yeah cool yeah well i've got a little piece of good news not nearly as significant as that let's be clear but i have a nice little piece of news uh Sonoma County parks were reopened yesterday. Uh, oh, that's good. Wednesday news. morning at 12.01 a.m. Uh, of course, we weren't legally allowed in there at that hour of the night, but, uh, <laughs> you know, once the sun rose. Was it rose, just a test to see if you'd show up? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I needed my sleep. <laughs> um, yeah. So yesterday, uh, in my little mid afternoon window of, of respite uh, from, my boys, uh, I got out for a 90 minute ride in Annadale, uh, nice. and was like, so cranked and so excited, uh, to, to be out there that I actually set two PRs on rather difficult segments. Wow. <laughs> and was this the ride that you were trying to upload and you were having trouble getting to upload? I saw that on no. the socials. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, for the first time ever, I had a problem uploading a ride from my Wahoo element. Uh, that is I mean, very unusual. I'm not sure I ever have had that. Happen. Yeah. Well, I get to say this was my one time to actually have an issue. And I don't know that anything I did actually uh, corrected the problem, but I went out with the same unit and recorded another ride the next day. And that one uploaded immediately. And then like a half an hour later, um, the, the, the recalcitrant file uploaded. Oh, good. So oh, good. All is, okay. All is right with That's the good. world. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. I was so really I curious. To, yeah. yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. You, you, you set some PRs and, um, <laughs> everything everything is everything is good to go right and the, the <laughs> well <laughs> you say that um so i mean yeah uh hopefully you know like the moment i've got this show uploaded to the servers uh i'll be pulling on lycra and heading out there again i think today will be gravel bike i think mm -hmm. um i've got a test set of wheels so i gotta start packing up to get back uh to envy that have been amazing but uh Tomorrow, uh, it is rumored that Governor Newsom here in California will close all state parks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I saw the beaches th announcement. 
Is yeah. it related to that? Orange County beaches have been biz as usual, you know, yeah. lots of people hanging out on their beach towels and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, uh, so Governor Newsom is taking what I'm told is the attitude that, well, if Orange County can't get it right, we're going to shut them all down. And okay. yeah, uh, I'm hoping that somebody comes to our rescue and says, look, just, just, you know, can you just do Orange County or can you just do the beaches or can the you? The beaches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, even now here in Sonoma County, all, uh, all beaches and all state parks in coastal areas. So like Sonoma coast state park, which is not mm-hmm. actually a beach. Mm-hmm. All that is closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and None of us really struggle with it, except for those of us who have friends who are surfers, where it's like, oh, man, they got to be in pain. Oh, yeah. But I mean, beyond that, it's like, you know, I don't know, go sit in the field or something. Right. We don't really need sand that badly right now. We just need outdoor (laughs) spaces. Right. Um, Right. I mean, that water is always cold. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, if you are a surfer this far north, you are made of some very, very stern stuff. They have my admiration, <laughs> but not my envy. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I'm at least encouraged by the fact that if Governor Newsom shuts down all our state parks, I'll still have Howarth Park right across the street from me. I'll still have Spring Lake Park. Uh, I'll still have Taylor Mountain and Shiloh. And there mm-hmm. will be other parks that I can go to. Um, but wow, this could be, uh, a remarkable sort of setback. Um, you know, just as we get Annadel, like to have it shut three or four days later. Um, holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. That's, that that is rough. So everybody keep your fingers crossed, especially those of you who like me are in California. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers firmly crossed. Yeah. Well, uh, so what's your poll this week? Uh, I have another listener question. Uh, this has come up a couple times, so I figure it might be good to bring it, you know, bring it in. Um, uh-huh. the, this particular question was, would uh, Sling consider doing a segment about Iron Cross? Uh, she is the, event, the event's most prolific winner. And getting her insights about what it is, how to be successful at it, and some of the unique aspects of the race would be very interesting to learn about. Um, thanks. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, Velo News did a little piece and they included me. I think we mentioned it before. They had me down as winning four times. I've won five. You know, no, who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, isn't uh, the first ingredient in all this just being a general unmitigated badass? Well, no, you know, that's thank you. But in this case, I honestly and this this will become evident as I as I go on. But I do think that this is a very strong case of horses for courses. You know, Mm. that's a that's a really old statement or Mm -hmm. cliche. But there are definitely courses that lend themselves more to some types of riders than others. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were to put me on a uh, flat stretch at like uh, you know sh- sugar cane down in Florida was uh, this this horse was not necessarily for that course you know I did okay <laughs> but that's that's not my jam as they say steamboat gravel is not my jam you know like being out even though I like to climb and like that stuff I do not love pea gravel let alone like miles and miles and miles of of soft over hard you know like mm. sketchy <laughs> little <laughs> gravel over hard pack is not my love. Um, <laughs> I do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm born and bred in the East Coast and have spent a lot of time racing and riding and training here. So I'm enormously comfortable with rocks that do not move in the ground, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> big, small, whatever, uh, mud, no problem. You know, all that stuff is, is right in my wheelhouse. So uh, to, to, to backtrack and talk a little bit about what Iron Cross is, and I'm, I'm very happy to give Iron Cross a, a little mention here because it was so far ahead of its time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, I, don't know, I don't know exactly the year it started, but it's got to be going on. I, 
it's got it's got to be about fifteen years more. You know, I'd, I'd have I should have looked that up, but I didn't. Um, it's but been it, eight it, or nine it, since I first heard of it, and I remember back then because we weren't doing gravel events, generally speaking, at that point. I was like, wait, what? Well, the first one that I won was 10 years ago, 11 now, you know, that was 2009. Mm-hmm. And there were a few before that. So it's definitely, it's definitely in that territory for, for sure. Um, and it, it's fine. I had heard about it. Like Iron Cross bears the cyclocross name. And at the time, a lot of people couldn't sort of separate the two in their head. They're like, so is it just like a giant cyclocross course? And in, right. in some odd ways, it sort of is. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's truly like no cyclocross race you'll find this side of the pond. It, it's, it, was, it was copied a bit or inspired, I should say, by Three Peaks Cyclocross Race in England, mm-hmm. which was certainly the original. And that was like, it's like an ultra adventure race on drop bar bikes you know is the best best way to put it um iron cross specifically is about 65 miles it's varied over the years it's settled into about 65 now uh endless climbs blazing fast ascents technical challenges doled out over a sprawling array of terrain of fire roads and paved roads and single track and double track and rocks and roots and grassy fields and pretty much anything that Pennsylvania can bring your way is, is hmm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the first year I did it, like I said, it was 2009. I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into. Like none, <laughs> like which, which longtime listeners will know is often how I roll. Like I just like, Oh, okay. That's, that's great. I'll do that. Um, I had a test bike. I, when I look back at some of the stuff I did, I'm like, what, what were you thinking? Um, but I had a test bike, I had a Rocky mountain, bike. I hadn't even ridden it yet. Like I, it was, I was just <laughs> testing it. I had not even turned a pedal on it. I was just like, Oh, I have to test a bike. I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like your spirit of adventure. Thank you. It's not always smart, but it, uh, there's I'm always not a saying story. I'm going to emulate it. I just said I like it. <laughs> um, you know, I just went, I pinned on a number, I stuffed food in my pockets and I lined up uh, on a fire road. And there were at the, the first one you actually had to go through a taped cyclocross course at the start. Like they had, which was hilarious. I mean, they had the spi- death spiral or the circle of death or whatever the heck they call that trope that was in so many cyclocross races you know what i mean like you go around mm-hmm. in like the endless circle um there was even one of those in it a giant <laughs> sand pit um you know but i was you know i sat there and i chatted with all the fast girls who got call-ups i did not get a call-up because i had never done it um and it occurred to me at, at that point that i was the only one who had no idea what i was doing you know like that out of the, what i was in for <laughs> and i was i was actually pretty happy about that because it was hard for me to be super nervous because I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> you right. know, like all I could do is ride hard and just see what happens. So, yeah, I went in 100 percent blind. But I was also, to be fair, enormously prepared. I, you know, I had already done all the work. It was it was oh nine. So I was coming off a very intense year of Ironman triathlon training and some stage racing earlier that year. Uh, I, I definitely had fitness to burn. That was not a concern. Um, and I felt really confident in being able to ride whatever they threw at us because that's pretty much the kind of riding that I am accustomed to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, somehow when I moved here, I fell into this. Uh, speaking of like horses for courses, I guess my other horses in my tribe are just like people who love doing dumb things on drop bar road bikes before we had gravel bikes, you know, so like I'd be riding with people and I'd be like, well, this is weird. We're on single track, but OK, like, I guess I guess that's what they do. <laughs> so, you know, when I got to Iron Cross and we started heading down and we did like very early, you head down this. It's not in the new course, but in the old course, it was it was what would be a, a pretty gnarly descent on a mountain bike. But you're on a you're on. A, I was on a cross bike. Um, you know, it's got like boulders and water bars and it's, <laughs> it's steep and you're just like in your Michaud state forest, which is, you know, epitomizes East coast rocks. Mm. And I was like, okay, well I knew how to pick lines, you know? So I'm like, okay, I'll just pick my lines and find my way down this thing. And, you know, at some point when we're hiking up like this hike a bike that feels like the Dawn wall, you know, I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I guess we're going rock climbing. Um, I will say that this is a case when I and I looked back at the results over the years where being a mountain biker definitely helps. You know, like just I I remember watching the tour many years and I listening to Paul Sherwin rest rest his soul marvel at at some bike riders bike handling you know in the tour and be like he's a mountain biker you know like of course he can go down those descents like that and i'd be like are you to your mind like i am not an awesome road descender like it, it one of that does not just because you can do whatever on a mountain bike i i have mountain biked all over the world and that does not i am still not an awesome road bike descender but put me off road on any bike and i'm i am very comfortable you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it translate it translates very well to, to that. And when I look back at Iron Cross, most of the people in the podium over the years have mountain biking backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Not surprising. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and that's honestly like a couple of my wins were definitely due to that. Like there were some pretty fast women at the front, uh, you know, and they'd be hammering on the roads and I'd be just barely dangling on. And then as soon as we hit anything rocky, they would just disappear. They would be like rapture. <laughs> Like, I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I better take advantage of this situation and go really <laughs> fast. Um, so I would say that anyone looking to dip their toes into this kind of stuff, um, that would be the number one thing. Get comfortable riding your drop bar. And you can ride a mountain bike. There's no saying you can't. You know, I mean, it, there's, there's a bit of elitism that goes on where people are like, you should ride a cross bike, but whatever. Or a gravel bike, but bring what you got. Um, but get comfortable on skinnier tires on technical terrain, if that's what you're going to do, you know, like, and honestly getting comfortable on that terrain. I mean, yes, you've got to ride it. And I absolutely recommend that you go out and practice on crappy Jeep roads and single track and see what your bike can do and just get comfortable with that. Um, (laughs) but, but drop your tire pressure. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually amazed to this day still, like I'll be at, you know, milling around the venue before the start and somebody will come up and ask some questions and I'll ask them about their tires and be like, Oh, I'm running 60, you know, PSI. And I'll be like, yeah, exactly. That's kind of my, I don't want to like, I don't, I have no poker face. So they already know that I'm horrified that they're running 60 (laughs) PSI. (laughs) Because they can see the whites of your eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just like, whoa, dude, Um, you're going to jiffy pop your whole way down that descent. Like, don't, don't do that. Well put. Yeah. I mean, because, because you, ironically, you have more rolling resistance in that kind of terrain with firmer tires, right? Because your tire is not conforming to the ground. So you're just stuttering and bouncing around and it's not safe or secure or comfortable or fast. So, (laughs) you know, I'd be like, dude, cut that in half, go 35. You know, I mean, go shy of 40 anyway, you know, unless you're, yeah. So, um, that is a huge thing and, and practice, practice, practice. And what practicing will also do for you is it will reveal the stuff that will fly off your bike when you <laughs> hit that first bunch of sketchy stuff. Because, you know, that first descent, it's, it's laughable how much, you know, you still see like ejected water bottles and shelled seat packs and nothing slows you down like having to stop and go get your stuff or mm-hmm. not having your stuff when you need it. And you don't know that you lost it 10 miles yeah. down the road. Yeah. You know, uh, checking out your bottle cages before an event like that is really key. It's key. It's key. It's like amazing how selection of bottle cages becomes a thing for certain events. You can pick the I, wrong at bottle this point. Cage. Just just go with the with the same ones all the time now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because why not? Like, I don't want any wimpy bottle cage because they make light, secure cages that mm-hmm. won't eject your bottles, you know, and some of my bikes, because I'm smaller, I have to have a side pole and I have to make sure that side pole cage is mm-hmm. secure too, you mm-hmm. know, because I can't, there's no room in the frame for me to pull really up. So I have to have something to go sideways and just making sure that that stuff is all nice and tight and won't go flying out and, you know, at at best, just kind of inconvenience you, and at worst, maybe wreck the person behind you. Um, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, 
is a nice thing. That happens less off-road, you know, than <laughs> you would see, like, in a pack on the road. Um, it will also save you a ton of energy to get comfortable on that. Like, you burn a ton of mental and physical energy when you're just white-knuckling it down the descent. Yes. You, when you're tense and nervous and... A, your bike doesn't handle as well, making it worse, making you more nervous, making you more rigid. But the yep. more rigid you are, the harder it is, the more energy you're burning and the less you will have for the next monster climb. Which brings me to my last bit of advice. Climb a lot. Climb. Mm-hmm. Climb mm-hmm. single track, climb double track, climb in the mud, climb over sticks and stones, climb up grassy hills. If something looks too dumb to climb, try climbing it. Um, <laughs> now there's advice because I because Iron Cross has a ton of climbing. Last year was nearly seven thousand feet over sixty two miles. Oof. I mean it's it's stout, and mm-hmm. the climbs are not they're they're brutal. Uh, I just remember that, that photo of you, you know, with your bike on your shoulder and a hand on a rock, you know, coming <laughs> yeah, over the that top was from of something. Iron Cross. That's that's my mental image of that event is that one photo of you. Yeah. And I guess we'll have to use that for the post. You know? Yeah, that's Just hilarious. to remind everybody, <laughs> be yeah. forewarned. Yeah, it's a, but the beauty of that one is when you get to the top of that, and I, I forgot to actually think about putting this in this post, but one of the really nice things about Iron Cross is that there's little fun Easter eggs in the woods. And one of them is Larry's Tavern, which is at the top of that climb when you finally get to it. Um, they're grilling like venison steaks and have whiskey shots and beer at this little tavern, pop-up tavern at the top. So that's mm-hmm. like, I always grab a little piece of steak and have a shot. You know, I, I can do that. Well, I can't, the beer takes too long, but I can always like grab and go on the way. And boy, that, that lifts your energy, lifts your spirits for what's to come, which is, <laughs> which is eventually the last climb, which is, Brutal. You know that first climb, that first big climb in the Grasshopper, the Sweetwater, mm-hmm. the really mm-hmm. steep one? Yeah. Take Sweet that off road and put a bunch of rocks and water bars and boulders. Uh huh. Um, and like 16%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just under three miles and it gains 1,136 feet. Oh, it's, well played. It's two, yeah, it's two point seven miles. It's ravage is eight, but it hits fifteen often, and it's mm-hmm. it's hard, and it it's hard because it especially it comes at the very end. It's a mountaintop finish. Um, mm. It shatters people. <laughs> um, you know, you know when you get to the top, you're done, and there's coffee and cookies. You know, and <laughs> um, which is great, and the drop bag because you usually need a jacket. Uh, I often tell people like layer purposely and put in your drop bag what you more than you think you need probably because it's it's in the end of october so it can be 30 degrees can be 80 degrees it can be both it can be raining it can be sunshine (laughs) you know so it's and the and you and you have to descend like six miles on the road back to town Uh so if you have gotten sweaty wet shattered it that can be a terrible, terrible descent. It's, it doesn't sound that long, but when you're hypothermic and and it's raining, um, it's, well, that's long enough to make you hypothermic, even true. if you're fine at the that's, top. That's fair. That's fair. So it's and when you're kind of snow too. So and people just like <laughs> they, sure, they just called. They just called for their wives or husbands, whatever. Like, come and get me. I'm not riding down the mountain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that is. Going in with the right attitude is sort of everything, you know, like if you get Mm -hmm. all jacked up when people throw you curveballs, maybe this is not the right event (laughs) for for you. (laughs) But if you go in just with a very open mind being like, all right, let's see, like where they take me, you'll you'll love it. I mean, it's just a really, really fun, uh, really great event put on by super people. Um, You know, and I think this advice, honestly, this kind of. That advice applies to more than Iron Cross these days. I mean, more gravel races are tossing in some spicy stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. where being calm and confident on some gnarly terrain definitely pays dividends, Mm. you know, definitely. So, So, okay. So a question for you. Sure. Uh, Okay. In the grasshoppers here, even when they mix uh, paved and unpaved sections, kind of one of my very favorite tires for this stuff 
mm-hmm. is the Donnelly Strata USH, 700 okay. by 40. It's mm-hmm. got a center slick section that even mm-hmm. has some little sipes cut in it, and then a deep herringbone on the side. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a really badass road tire, in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like the tire one would run at Iron Cross. I'm thinking more like Maxxis Rambler, which is like a really serious cyclocross tire, mm-hmm. but in a 40 millimeter width. I wouldn't do that. Really? No. Um, well, and I, mean, I haven't done that. Why, I don't do okay. that. Um, this is why I'm asking. What do you run? What yeah, is no, that's, the appropriate that's a good choice? Qu- that's, that's an excellent question. Um, I have run the last two ones, which I won, um, on... <laughs> <laughs> just just want to throw that in there. Uh no. Just, I have I have run the Schwalbe G1 all rounds or all round or Oh. Uh-huh. Um that that tire has done me very well and I find it has kind of magic traction. Like it does not look like it should hook up at all, but I have oh. not had any yeah, problems it's a, with it. It is a solid tire. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't, you know, it's still it doesn't sipe or it doesn't have any of the shedding stuff, but it still doesn't really pack up too, too bad. Like I never really feel like I'm on slicks with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, whatever the compound in is, is, is very good. It, it's just a, I have had very, very good luck with that tire. I will say I've had zero luck with their speed. Like they're 30, like they're, they're, uh-huh. I, I, every time I try to run that thing, I, I puncture it. Like I, I slice it, I puncture it, I flat it. Um, but I, the all rounders I have, I've run those, those have been my, my go-to. So I think the, the first one that you were saying, um, the Don, the first Donnelly would actually be, uh, there's not a ton of pavement. There's a fair amount, but you don't, you just, I wouldn't want a ton of tread. I, I don't think it, the, the race calls for it because you're on Pennsylvania is very, very rocky. I mean, yeah, you're <laughs> on some mud and stuff, but you're mostly on terrain that drains pretty well. And uh-huh. it's, uh, you know, so, so grip is important, but you want something that rolls pretty fast and, uh, that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a ton of resistance. I, I wouldn't want a lot of knobs. Okay. So then that sounds to me a little bit more like the MSO, which is a little bit knobbier. Yeah. Or yeah. the Pan Racer Gravel King SK. People love that tire. That is another one that, for whatever reason, I have a snake bit in relationship with. But yes, I mean, I know people who run that very successfully. I, yeah, I, I like that tire a whole, whole yeah, lot. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, well, and since we've talked bottle cages, I mean, what is your go-to bottle cage? Well, I have a uh, Pacific. Uh, what is that company? Component. They, it's a. It's the Lucky Cat. <laughs> it's shaped like a Lucky Cat. Uh, you know, like one of the Chinese restaurant Lucky Cats. Oh, the yes. Or, or the the head bobbing with right, the arm right. up. So the arm yeah. holds your bottle. Uh-huh. It hugs your bottle. Um, I, I'll have to. I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on your names, guys. They're out of Portland. Portland. Oh, oh, something Portland works. Design Works? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Right, okay. Yes. I have, actually, I use all their cages because I love things that look like other things. So it's, uh, the Lucky Cat is my side pole. I like their owls because they have very high wings that hold the the bottle in my, in my and they don't shell. And I uh-huh. have, um, uh, there's other birds and I have some butterflies. So does that help? <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> probably not at all. <laughs> I mean, but if it's working for you and you're not getting bottle ejections, then nope. And they make me, you know, they give me great joy. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it, that reminds me of something I've actually been meaning to ask you about. Oh, you have a, <laughs> I know a rather serious, uh, well, right there at the bottom of the frame is a little octopus. And there was one strapped to one of your bikes. Yes. My what gravel is, bike. What is it with you and octopi? They have three hearts. Did you know that? Yeah, and like a decentralized brain. Mm-hmm. They're like a server farm. They're amazing. Um, I they're my they're my spirit animal, and okay, um, okay. I could go. You you don't even want to open this door because I could go on for an hour about octopus. But um, everybody should read Soul of an Octopus. <laughs> okay, and it's a great book, seriously. And I I just have such an appreciation for they are they are the. There's nothing like them on this planet. 
to the point where there are yeah. scientific there are scientific papers positing that if perhaps they did come from space. I mean, that's how freaky mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, in a world full of unique, they are as unique as unique gets. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, they like to do puzzles. Mm-hmm. They are resilient. Master escape great, artists. I know they've got great, you know, endurance. So, I mean, I think, and they have three hearts. Did I mention that? So yeah, mm-hmm. like the octopus again, just like it makes me happy and it just, I don't know. Like I, I get, I like things that just make me smile when I'm out there, when I don't feel like smiling. And that octopus is definitely one of them. It's a mojo. Cool. Well, and I yeah. think you touched on something that, you know, maybe some of us have underestimated the value of, which is those little things that bring you joy when you are in the midst of deep, dark suffering. Definitely. Yes. Oh, it makes I don't all do the that. Difference. I don't have that. And maybe I'm getting something wrong as a result. Oh, no, I'm, I'm all about that. I mean, I, I, I don't, people have, like, I, I have put stuff on my bike where people are like, well, it's extra weight. I'm like, that's happiness, Watts. I'm, I don't even with that. Like, I don't even. <laughs> don't even. <laughs> Do not even. Don't, don't even. Care. Don't even. When you even, don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. Exactly. I don't care. I'll I'd carry an octopus on my back if it came with me. I mean, I don't, I don't I like, I don't, I don't right. care. Yeah. Right. Cause and it would probably like, only increase your gap as you win iron cross. Exactly. That was that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but that's, that is the kind of stuff I, I very much gravitate to things that, um, I, you know, I think, I think that if something makes you smile, it definitely lifts you. And mm-hmm. when you're climbing 7,000 feet over, 60 miles, you need all the lift you can get. Yeah, well, I'm not going to train like you. I think we've established that, right? We've talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to train like you, but I could strap something to my bike. Yeah, you could. Yeah, no, I've, I've bedazzled bikes. I have uh, put streamers on them, uh, had them custom painted, all kinds of stuff just to make me happy. All right. I'm. Okay. I, <laughs> someday right. when I can go shopping, I'm going shopping. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other angles on this we ought to cover for them? I, I think we have, we have covered it. I'm sure that the listener will let us know <laughs> if this was useful. Okay. We're, we are all out of angles. All right. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Okay, we are back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, what is your poll this week? So... It's been interesting to try uh, to be an elementary school teacher and a cycling rider and a sane person uh, all in the same day. Uh, I don't envy just, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there wouldn't be really any reason to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not a challenge that you'd take on, like, say, mm, Iron Cross. <laughs> right. This is not something you want to sign up for. I recommend but, an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
It would be easy to keep one around here. (laughs) So, you know, among new adventures uh, in this coronavirus world, I've been attending a virtual trade show. Uh, And by attending, I mean, I've been in a Zoom meeting watching presentations by a variety of different bike and outdoor companies. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the PR agencies that you and I deal with a lot, Echoes Communications. Great guys. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. They put this thing called reveal together and it's not just them and their clients. They roped in other PR agencies, like come be a part of this thing. So That's it's been cool. all day for two days. I mean, like I'm missing a session right now, but we timed the recording of this. It's like, well, that's not a brand that's that central to me or a right, couple of brands. Right, right. Uh, but still I'm, they're recording it so I can watch them later tonight. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. 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 But it's been it's been a really neat novel thing. And I've got to imagine the brands are just so grateful for any sort of chance to interact with the media. Um, And lo and behold, there's been some really cool stuff talked about. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure things wanted, you know, like it's a new year, right? People had stuff they wanted to release. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. With, uh, it's funny. Among the various uh, presenters or, or brands in attendance was the Sea Otter Classic because they're not having the Sea Otter Classic oh, until yeah. next fall. Um, but, you know, like there were things going on that I clearly did not know about. OK, so like State Bicycle Company, which is known mm-hmm. for all their fixie stuff. They're coming out with a gravel bike, their very first gravel bike. Take a guess what it's going to run. You mean like how much? Uh huh. Fifteen hundred bucks. Uh uh-uh, uh, not even close. Seven ninety nine. Steel wow. frame, steel fork, built. Okay, and it gets better. Okay, either seven hundred C wheels or six fifty C wheels. And <laughs> if you are a sort of person who has a little bit of extra money and you are hard pressed to choose, for about eleven hundred dollars, you can have both sets of wheels. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and they also have like carbon fork options in case you really only want it as a gravel bike and aren't planning on doing any bike packing with it. And I mean, like, I didn't think these guys would even understand gravel bikes. And, you know, it shows yeah. just what core cyclists they are, because the thing was incredibly well thought out. Uh, another brand I really didn't know anything about called Affinity. Um, they've been doing bikes and doing nice bikes apparently for a little while now they're coming out with a stainless steel frame set really trick kind of bead blast finish with some uh their logo and some other stuff polished on it very sharp 1750 for the frame set with headset okay which for stainless steel is truly impressive that's awesome Uh, and they've got uh i don't know much about them I, I didn't know anything about them. Okay. You know, so it's like, who's, I had to like go to the website and what, what does affinity do? I saw the brand name. And so I had looked them, look them up before the session started. Um, so it's a, a rim brake road bike, but there will be a disc brake version as well. And they've got, you know, relatively affordable builds available uh, all the way up to, uh, SRAM, uh, red ETAP access, um, which will be like $9,900. Uh, but oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, More. but I mean, it's a, it's a really trick bike. Um, there are new wheels coming out from Roval that I'm not yet allowed to talk about because they are embargoed, but, oh, okay. uh, let me just say that the moment those wheels are available, I want to be on them. They're really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Abus, who I think most everybody knows as a lock maker, uh, their their whole bent on making stuff is security, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they've gradually been introducing helmets into the U.S. market. They've been mm-hmm. doing them for a long time, since the yeah. 1990s. I have one of their commuter helmets, which is, I think, absolutely, bar none, the finest commuter helmet I've ever run across. Cause it's got a little blinky built into it. Like mm-hmm. you just press a button on the back. That's a cool feature. Yeah. It also has this little flap that opens up that, so that it has a built in uh, rain cover. So if it starts raining and you don't really want the rain to come in the vent holes, 
you open the flap and you stretch out this thing that encompasses the entire helmet. And now the water runs off the helmet, not straight onto your head through the vent holes. Huh? Yeah. So, and, and you know, a magnetic buckle clip, not yeah, the yeah. fast text. Nice. So just all sorts of little things that are, are well thought out, but they're, they're starting to do more in the way of performance helmets. And the thing that really got my attention is they're working with this uh, product system called Quinn, Q-U-I-N. It's an SOS beacon that syncs with your phone. It's got an accelerometer or a series of accelerometers in it. And if if it gets sufficiently tripped, uh, it will, you know, light up your smartphone. And then whoever you've designated through the Mm -hmm. app who also has the app for free, they'll get a, a ping on that. Like the, like the specialized Angie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can be signed up as long as they have the app. They'll, they'll get communication for free if you designate them. Mm-hmm. Or if you pay some nominal monthly fee, it'll send out an SMS uh, to any phone on the planet. Uh, I just, I can't wait to check that out. It's really interesting. And they, the way it attaches to the helmet and whatnot, they say it doesn't increase the weight of the helmet at all. Uh, their Aventor road helmet is 260 grams with or without. And with the Quinn system, the helmet's still only like two nineteen ninety nine. Cool. Right, so yeah, impressive. Um, they had orange seal, which... I, you know, not really any great news there uh, other than they have multiple formulations depending on what your need is. And I, I really, of all the sealants out there, theirs and Pan Eraser are probably my two favorites so far. Uh, I really like that stuff. And then uh, Dynaplug was showing their air inflator. It's a combination mm-hmm. Dynaplug plus inflation. And they had some other new products that will be out there soon enough. Uh, so uh, I can't remember what things were embargoed versus what were not. So I'm just going to say that the moment I know I'm allowed to talk about that stuff, I will, because they definitely have some, some cool products on the horizon. Cool. Yeah. So now, second part of my poll, I have a reader question. Okay. So our listener, Ron was curious about my discussion on a previous episode about my leg strength imbalance. Mm-hmm. He shared that he seems to have a leg strength imbalance as well. And it's bad enough that his left leg's pedal stroke isn't really symmetrical with his right leg. And he's wondering how common this is and how he can go about addressing the imbalance. So from what I've seen and in talking with friends, everybody has some amount of mm-hmm. imbalance, you know, one or two percent. And it's not really an issue, and you're certainly better qualified to answer this than I am, but it doesn't seem to be that that's an issue if it's just a percent or two. Mm-hmm. It seems like it has to be north of 10% before it's really something that you ought to address, you know, like a 55-45 yeah. split. I would agree uh, with that. And I'm north of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's one of those things that, uh, in terms of how many people suffer it, it, there's no way to know because it only comes to the, to light when someone begins to notice it for themselves and thinks, totally. oh, I probably ought to deal with this. And usually um, they're measuring it somehow. I mean, most right. people are not measuring that. Even if yeah. they have power meters, most people aren't measuring that. Right. Because I, if I'm, unless I'm wrong, I think there's still only one power meter that's mm-hmm. consistently giving Mm-hmm. Uh, left, right data. And that's the pa- pioneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the interesting things about pioneer, uh, and I'll, I'll deal with this more in a minute, but you know, they also give you the, the force vectors. So it shows you per leg, what your, how well the mm-hmm. power is distributed through the 360 degrees of the pedal stroke. Um, one thing he shared was that he's already doing some single leg pedaling drills. And he says he's already found he's getting some improvement Um, based on, you know, what I know from talking to coaches and whatnot over the years. Fundamentally, that is the primary intervention. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think there's strength training things you can do 
too, because usually, I mean, that will help, but there's generally an underlying, why is it that way? Like, why is one <laughs> leg weaker than the other? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to figure that out and also like strengthening stabilizers and all that kind of stuff is really important too, but. Right. And that's the other half of addressing it. Uh, he said that there seems to be some instability in the pedal stroke itself. My fitter friends refer to that as monkey motion. Hmm. <laughs> um, so that indicates, yeah, a lack of strength in stabilizer muscles. And yep. there are, you know, a couple ways to address that. One is through fitting. You put in wedges either inside the shoe or between the shoe and the cleat. And that helps reposition uh, the leg so that uh, as you do, uh, as you bring uh, the the leg down, uh, what am I trying to say? Generate force on it. Yeah. It doesn't cause your your knee to either uh, go out or or move in. I can't seem to recall the term. For but that. but that is the that is the kind of thing I would just interject that you shouldn't necessarily do on your own um, because oh, absolutely if not. you've, if you've been riding with your monkey leg for a long time, your, your legs pro- might be used to it. I mean, if you're not, especially if you're not having pain or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen people uh, dramatically will adjust, you know, and then all of a sudden they are getting pain because now they're in a trajectory of their pedals that they're, they're not accustomed to. So it's yeah. a good idea to work with someone to maybe make those adjustments more gradually, especially yeah. if you have some sort of pretty pronounced situation going on. Agreed. Um, and then the other solution, fr- quite frankly, that I hear over and over and over and has helped me some is yoga. Big fan. Yeah. yeah, big fan. It it brings it 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 really helps um it helps bring your imbalances to light. I will say that because often mm-hmm. uh where you're noticing something is not where the problem is originating. You know, uh, like mm. y- you might your knees flopping out why is your knee flopping out? Your left knee might be flopping out cuz your right hip is tight. Right. But you don't like know any of the it's a it's a pinball effect and you don't really know that until you sort of dig in and yoga brings that out because you do everything bilaterally. You know, if you do something on one side, you do it on the other side and there's a lot of balance and a lot of stability, a lot of holding things. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very obvious very quickly. Like what side (laughs) is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will never forget the session that I had with a, uh, a yoga teacher where he walked me through to kind of diagnose what was going on with me. Um, and, Wow. Yeah. I was, I was missing a whole lot of stabilizer muscle strength. Yeah. Uh, still am. Yeah. And that, uh, well, it takes practice, you know, and it, it, it's the first thing that falls off my plate too when I get busy, but it's, it is definitely useful. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who is uh, noticing something and, you know, wants to be more aware, wants to track progress on this, you know, the, the best tool I know of right now is the pioneer power meter. Uh, mm-hmm. You compare it either with their head unit or with a Wahoo GPS unit. Those are the only two uh, computers that will display the force vector and uh, the left-right balance data. Um, there was some agreement between Pioneer and Wahoo that they would get whatever they needed to create that code and show mm-hmm. that on the display. And so I actually like the Pioneer power meter with the Wahoo head unit better than the pioneer unit because it's right. a bigger display. Yeah. Um, and you know, so that, you know, it not only shows the left, right balance, but like I said, it shows the force vectors. So if you're only really generating power from say nine o'clock to six o'clock, uh, through the, the pedal stroke, it will tell you that. And so it also gives you a way to think about not just making one leg stronger, but making it more efficient so that you're generating power through more of that pedal stroke. Um, and because Pioneer sold all of that technology to Shimano and Shimano has not yet uh, introduced that to their product line. Mm-hmm. The thing to do for anybody who's interested in this is make sure to buy a Pioneer power meter sooner rather than later. They are on sale in some locations. So it's a it's a good time to buy that sort of thing if that's a concern. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have nothing to add to that, but Yeah. Uh I I'm I'm in the camp where 
I don't really like looking at that data because I don't really want to work on. I totally understand. (laughs) You know, there's so much work in front of me. Yeah. 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 And so much of what I need from cycling right now is just the fun factor and the acceleration and flow. Totally got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but at some point, maybe I'll actually get sufficiently motivated to start being a good boy. Hmm. I think if that kind of stuff, I think once it actually takes away the fun, that's when most people start addressing it. Right. Like it starts sort of robbing some of the fun. Then you're like, all right, I got to get a hold of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and truly, that's why I haven't dealt with it, because it's only a problem when I'm looking at the data. Right. Totally. <laughs> totally got that. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about it the other day, knowing that I could just press that page button a couple of times and I was going to see gone? bad news. Uh, <laughs> I no, I wasn't on that screen oh, okay. <laughs> because of that very reason. I'm, and yeah. I'm thinking about, well, the data's right there and I'm not going to look at it because I'm busy having a good time. Yeah. So. That's the other thing in all this is that, you know, if you're not a racer or looking to do your biggest, hardest event ever, it's fair to ask the question, do I really need to deal with this? Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I do think if it's if it's very pronounced that, it, you know, dealing it with it will um, could increase your fun when you don't even mm-hmm. know it. But I don't know. Like I, yeah. I am of the same school of thought that if you don't know it's broken, you don't have to fix it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, although that's not really a great philosophy for dealing with bike parts. A friend of mine just realized a broken bearing race in in a hub, and oh uh, yeah, no, no, that, that's a different, that's a different yeah. animal. Yeah. Uh, okay. Paceline picks. What do you got? Sure. Um, mine is from Nittany Mountain Works. Uh, they are a local Pennsylvania company who make, and they actually, remember when you did your pull and you were looking for a race bag where you could put stuff in compartments and it would, mm-hmm. they they actually put one together for us to sort of, this was last year, like a mock thing for uh-huh. me to like try and live with for a bit. So I, I, I that that's not my pick right now, but they're... Very cool company, and they make great, sturdy uh, canvas products. They're really awesome. And they have a, now that, you know, like, I'm doing some longer rides again, like, my spirit is in it, I I don't want to stop anywhere. Um, You know, like, I want to just keep to myself, which means carrying more stuff. Um, (laughs) And they have some really cool bags, and my husband has been using their uh, many thing bag, which I've been sort of eyeing up. So it's it's like a little... It looks like a little bottle, one of those spare bottle bags that you put on the the side, like maybe a, you know on your handlebar by the stem, you know, one of those. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. but it, but this is like a, it's kind of like a thneed of a bag. Like it's got a roll top, or it can you know you can you can do all these different things with it. So it can be that, but it can be other things too. It can be a seat bag. It's got all these different um, attachments. So you can attach it wherever you want it, and uh-huh. it's got zippers and pockets, and it's just like a really um versatile it's just a versatile bag like he has his phone and his snacks and the bottle and all kinds of stuff and it's right there where you don't have to dig for things uh-huh. um so it's it's a, it's a good position it's, it's a good I, I i highly recommend look checking out their whole line because the stuff is so durable and it comes and this is one of the things i love and like 32 flavors and then some. They have so many colors and designs that you can choose from and mix and match. The stuff is beautiful. Like it's just uh, their customization is remarkable. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to check them out in that case. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very tough. I mean, it's just uh, I break everything and I can't manage to like rip, break, snap, tear any of this you, stuff. You really are kind of a, a one person test lab. I am a wrecking ball of many things. Yes. So, um, yeah, I like people in it. it, They, it used to be something in bicycling where they'd be like, don't give it to her until we take pictures. Like, don't, (laughs) don't, don't don't give it to her. (laughs) But now that we shoot things dirty and whatever they, they, you know, like they don't want to shoot it broken, but if it's broken, there's a problem. (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah, so that 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 is that would be my pick right now is the Nittany Mountain Works. Their whole line, honestly, but this little mini thing bag is is uh, 
super versatile and, and a pretty cool addition when you have to carry a lot of stuff in a convenient way. Neat. Okay, well, I'm going to check them out. So uh, that, that's at least one person who's clicking on the link. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so something that I have taken note of as we're doing all this sheltering in place and everything has been, at least with some people and some companies, this renewed sense of the social contract and the interconnectedness of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but find something encouraging and hopeful in the way we've been provided the oppor- these opportunities to steer our dollars in a purchase in directions that can do good beyond just the power of that purchase itself. Uh, and just yesterday, I learned of one new one, and this isn't like a review in, in the traditional sense of I've, I've worn it and checked it out, but I'm aware that this is an opportunity. Rafa has created a brand new jersey called the Tour for All. It's a very cool design, and the purpose of the jersey is to benefit Doctors Without Borders. I okay? love them. Mm-hmm. They do good work. Uh, I actually have a friend who does stuff with them periodically. Really? Yeah. I have always supported them. They're amazing. Yeah. And well, and she's awesome. And if she's any indication of the sort of person who typically signs up to, to work with them, no wonder that organization is so powerful. Uh, so they're offering a men's Jersey, a women's Jersey and a tech tee. $10 from each purchase will go to the doctors without borders, COVID-19 emergency response. So this is, uh, these are their efforts in, uh, you know, third world countries or other underserved locations mm-hmm. where they go in and they try to address what governments are not otherwise able to uh, deal with. Right. The jerseys will be printed individually as they are ordered. So kind of like a print on demand thing. Mm-hmm. I'm told that delivery is going to be four to six weeks. So you're not going to be wearing it next week. But, uh, you know. Unlike the priciness of some of Rafa's products, these things aren't crazy expensive. The jerseys are $135 and the tees are $65. Cool. That's yeah. great. I, yeah, everybody is, um, it, it is, it is great to see everybody like doing what they can, you know, using their, their talents and their strengths, you know, to, to, you know, do some greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and a shout out. Uh, Last week I was doing my poll about all the different companies in the bike industry that are doing things Mm -hmm, to help. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Ibis has also retooled some of their production to be able to help produce uh, face shields. That's awesome. Yep. So uh, cheers to Scott and Hans and Tom and everybody at, at Ibis for doing that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. All righty. Uh, I didn't make a note of it. There was a, a piece of yours last week, late last week, and I'm blanking. And so this is a, a dead spot was it, in the show. <laughs> was it about um, the benefits, the lung benefits of exercising? Yes, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, the And I, I would have to reference it myself, but the, the study was showing that um, aerobic exercise particularly was able to help with the the more severe cases of um uh ARDS which is respiratory distress disorder I can't remember exactly like <laughs> one of the one of the more dire um symptoms or or problems that can erupt with COVID-19 so mm-hmm. uh you're there are many reasons for that one of them is that endurance exercise uh promotes obviously lung health but it also stimulates uh antioxidants your own natural antioxidants that help uh help prevent damage you know help prevent oxidative damage especially to the lungs so i will uh give you a link to, of that to put in the show notes but it's just another you know another knit little niche in the or check in the box for the reasons that we need to continue exercising mm-hmm. to be fit and healthy and to, to bolster our body against this, you know, it's not to say that people who get sick are to blame, but there are things in, as, as with everything, as with heart disease, as with cancer, as with everything, 
There are things you can do to make yourself at least a bit less likely, you know, and at least as strong as you can be, you know, so your body can defend itself. And in the case of these kind of things, it's it's significant. Right, right. Anything we can do to not be part of an at risk group. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Groovy. All righty. Well, I'd say that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. Everybody. Please keep those questions coming. You all have been sending great stuff as evidenced by our questions today. Um, if you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.